Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Jackson, the people want this show to be, I think, a seven-hour show. That's it's what our, I, that's the sense I get. It's our wheelhouse. Or just to flat out go away. It's it's a wide delta. But today is a day where this show needs to be a minimum of an hour and five minutes. Couldn't agree more, Tim. Uh, we have the Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter, which has become, from my standpoint. Uh, the equivalent of uh, the biggest segment in the history of radio. It's like the 60 minutes of radio. I like that. It's as iconic when I say pew pew as the ticking sound. People know. It's like Mike Wallace is in your living room on a Sunday night and you have the Pavlov's dog effect of going, oh God, I got to go to school tomorrow. Then we have Jeremy Rutherford in studio. In studio. Love it. After I write, I'm. What do we call this show? Honesty and media. Always have. I'll be honest. I watched the Battle Hawks last night. Blues and Canucks. You know, I've kind of turned the page. So I was following along on the Twitter tweets, and in my mind, the the chances of us talking Blues hockey following that game, it before everything happened in the post game. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would have put it at about five percent. And then that happens with Torbchenko and Berube, and I go, it's 6.30. And I text JR, 6.30 in the morning, I text JR, I go, yo, you up? <laughs> with, and A you. A lot of ladies in the, the area have received that text. It's the letter you also. Me. That's right. It's not. Because it lets, lets them know I'm ready to play. Yeah, I don't have time. Don't have time. Uh, I got a lot of options. And uh, so JR isn't just coming on the show. He's coming in the studio, brother. Love it. Yeah. Love any time JR is with us. Well, I mean, that post game was bat crappery. It was damning. It was bat crappery yeah. is what it was. Let's let's play some of this. Let's 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 hear. Okay, want- for, number, number, let's go Torpchenko first. Let me let me set the stage. And I'm sure Randy Carricker and Kerry Davis and Matt Rocchio tended to it on opening drive. And I'll talk Battlehawks. Could be wrong. I watched it. Uh but the, the, to me, the from a Big picture standpoint. This is this this is something else here. Uh, you have a 23 year old M- Moscow native who you know, God bless him. I mean, he's diving around the ice, and you know, can't question effort on him. But for him to be the one saying something is really saying something. Yeah, it's Can't imagine for him. For Torbchenko to be the one saying something is really saying something. And I realize it may be difficult to totally understand, but I tip my cap to a guy, you know, if I were to go over to Moscow and attempt to speak Russian, it wouldn't <laughs> go real well. So not only good for him for, for speaking, which, you know, isn't his first language, secondarily for the things that he said, your thoughts, take a listen. And if you, I will, I will read the quotes afterwards. Here's uh, Alexei Tor- Torbchenko. Yeah, I mean, like... Even where if we are not on the playoff spot, like I will do everything because it's a hockey game. You don't, you cannot leave, especially when you're playing like in the NHL. You're not playing like somewhere else on a beer league or something like that. You need to show something. You need to show her character and like be strong everywhere. Just like 
play from your heart. It's like well, not so, good. So, so do you think not enough guys are showing the character? Like, I don't know what's going on, but like, especially for fans, you 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 cannot you cannot play like that. You like I said, you need to play like I don't know for fans, for yourself especially, and like for everybody from the team like because team is like just one family it's not only about one guy and like you need to be like the part of it and uh, to show some like respect to each other so what he said there was even if we are not in a playoff spot i will do everything it's a hockey game you cannot leave i think he meant to say quit there right uh especially if you're playing in the NHL. You're not playing somewhere else in a beer league or something like that. You need to show something. You need to show heart, character, and to be strong everywhere. Just play from your heart. I have a feeling a lot of people who might have appreciated, because he is a guy that stands out with his energy, you know, even before last night, uh, became big fans of Torpchenko. Yeah. Uh, but, man, I'm telling you, for a 23-year-old, relatively speaking, role player to say that, Wow. So we'll talk about what he had to say with Jeremy Rutherford, and then we'll talk about what Craig Berube had to say with Jeremy Rutherford. Uh, here is uh, There were two different sound bites that really stand out. Here's uh, the first one, because the second one ends the press conference because Berube got up and left. Uh, here's the first one. A lot of guys, not, uh, <clears throat> a lot of our best players not doing the job. What do you think that's the case? I don't know. You'll have to ask them, Jim. I guess they don't care about the team. I don't know. So not you, sure why. You, you, you've talked a lot about uh, effort and compete level. I'm guessing you, you didn't see that in nearly enough guys tonight, right? No. Handful of guys, that's it. Goalie for sure. Your young guys, do you feel like they're giving you what you're looking for? Yep. Mm hmm. What about Kyrie Thomas, one assist combined? Not good enough. Not, not, not even close. A lot. <laughs> a lot. So Craig Berube, uh, direct in saying uh, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, not good enough. Handful of guys he thought did show uh, something last night. Jordan Bennington being one of them, um, along with Toropchenko. And uh, but it was, the list was was rather brief, uh, and he uh, was not done. Here is uh, how the press conference ended. If the players are maybe upset about the O'Reilly trade or whatever, is this this isn't the best way to show it, is it? No. I know we've asked this throughout the course of the year when stuff like this happens, but what can you do? I mean, there just aren't any options to discipline those guys. Well, we don't have a lot to do, right? We don't have a lot of extra players. We don't have a lot of anything right now. So <clears throat> just keep trying to get through to them somehow. When you see Tor diving, blocking shots, like the example on that PK, I mean, should that, things like that, should that be really setting an example for everybody else? No, 100%. Unbel yeah, for sure. They should be very, very happy that we got this guy on our team and that he's put, laying it on the line. And they should be inspired by it, and they should go out and play with inspired. Our, our best players don't play with any passion, no emotion, and no no inspiration at all. They don't play inspired hockey. You cannot play in this league without emotion, grit, being inspired. Um, they're getting paid lots of money, and they're not showing. They're not doing the job. End of story. That's it. 
and he got up and left. So to restate how he finished that, our best players don't play with any passion, no emotion, and no inspiration at all. They don't play inspired hockey. You cannot play in this league without emotion, grit, and being inspired. They're getting paid lots of money, and they're not doing the job. End of story. That's it. That's what it boils down to, and that was it. He got up and he walked out. Uh, Torpchenko and Tucker had the only Blues goals. Torpchenko was asked about his goal uh, and said he had no interest in talking about it and then went back to the team's performance. It looks like this game was worse of all my life how the team played today. I realize that quote sounds you know, chaotic, but sure. keep in mind, he is a Russian and he's, you know, doing his best with English and good for him for absolutely grinding through it. So, uh, holy crap. Yeah. I had, I mean, as I said at the outset, Jackson, no real plans to get into the Blues and Canucks last night unless, you know, somebody would have scored maybe eight goals. <laughs> but uh, that is, that's a moment. And here's why this, to me, is relevant as a big St. Louis sports story. Because uh, we had a TMA poll this morning on the Twitter tweets asking people, what they were more interested in this morning, Battle Hawks or the Angry Blues uh, post game, And let's see what the votes are at. 55.6% Battle Hawks, Angry Blues post game, 45%. I, I bring that up because I think for most people, unless they heard about it on TMA, I'm sure they talked about it on yeah. opening drive, I don't think many people are really paying attention to a night-by-night Blues update at this moment. And then you hear that stuff, and you go, okay, where are things? Yeah. Where, does Craig Berube have the backing of Doug Armstrong to say those things about the guys he just locked into long-term deals? What about Torpchenko? Not that he's necessarily somebody you're thinking is going to be around here years from now. Hell, maybe he will be. But to be a 23-year-old with 73 games of NHL experience and to say that, wow, how does that impact things? 2.30 start tomorrow against the Penguins pregame right here on 101 ESPN at 1.30. And what in the world does the next week look like before the trade deadline? Yeah. And that, Jackson, is why Jeremy Rutherford is going to join us, because he is going to give us his perspective on the answers to those questions. Your thoughts are welcome. Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. JR in studio next. The Little Piddle Six Shooter coming up as well as Battle Hawks come back in Seattle 2-0. That building's going to be buzzing on March 12th in St. Louis. The lower bowl is basically sold out. Fired up. How do you do? Love to see it. It's all coming up on Balloon Party driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Welcome back to Balloon Party, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you for one hour of radio. What's been described now is just brilliance. It shines bright like a diamond. And, Jr. you're making a second appearance this week. And in, in this circumstance, if you would have told me you'd be in studio with us, I would have assumed there would have been a monster trade <laughs> taking place. Never thought we'd be talking about Blues Canucks with both teams and the situations that they're in. But alas, here we are. 
Well, after uh, I got the text that said, will you come on for a second time this week? I was thinking uh, that would only happen if somebody popped off. And guess what? Somebody popped off. Somebody last popped night, so off. Lots of stuff uh, to talk about. I haven't heard uh, Robert Thomas this morning on the opening drive. I know you got a chance to listen to it, uh, JR, but I want to play this for our audience. In the first segment, for those of you just joining us, we played uh, Alexi Toropchenko and Craig Berube's comments, which certainly uh, have St. Louis Blues fans talking this morning. Uh, Robert Thomas joined Randy Carricker, Kerry Davis, and Matt Rocchio this morning. And uh, what do we have here, Jackson? Set up the sound bites if you would, sir. No doubt. Uh, so they played the Berube audio for Robert Thomas, and this was his immediate reaction to listening to the clip. Yeah, it's obviously frustrating to hear that. And, yeah, I've been a part of this team for a long time. And, you know, what he said, it could be further from the truth. You know, I know everyone in that room cares. Yeah, it's frustrating to hear. You know, you go through big ups and big downs of pro sports. And, you know, I've been a part of the team when we're winning and part of the team when, you know, we're going the other way. So uh, it's frustrating. And, it, you know, it feels like we, we've just been chasing chasing the play a lot lately. You know, you don't have control of it. And, you know, it doesn't, doesn't look like you – you know, the best best out there when you're chasing the game. So, you know, I've always taken accountability, and um, I know I need to be better and, and step up and find a way through this, but uh, it comes as a team. It comes sticking together, and you just got to get back to it and, and keep fighting and, you know, work your way through it. Robert Thomas this morning on the opening drive. If you want to go back and podcast any shows here on 101 ESPN, it's the Dobbs Tyron Auto Center's podcast. So, JR, let's let's start with that. Uh, what did you think of what Robert Thomas had to say in response? Yeah, good on Robert Thomas. You know, listening to him speak in the locker room since he came into the league, uh, you could tell he was thinking about his words there and making sure not only that he said the right things, but that he was speaking from the heart. You know, if you go back a couple years, there's always been O'Reilly, Tarasenko, Braden Shen, guys to kind of take the fall when things aren't going uh, right. Uh, Robert Thomas, you can tell right there, learned something. That sounds like a little bit of O'Reilly. We need to be better, and I need to be better. And that's what uh, Robert Thomas did there. So you can kind of see the maturation of a leader right there. And we have a second uh, soundbite from Robert Thomas. Uh, Jackson, what uh, is the context on this? Uh, Just Robert Thomas talking about he understands that he needs to take responsibility and get the team back on track. Yeah, I think the the way I found that leading is the best is, is through example and accountability and you know, I know I, I got big shoes to fill. You know, that's that's part of the, the job. And, um, you know, I take accountability for, for the way this season's gone and, um, you know, the way it's gone lately. Um, I need to step up and, and be better on the ice and off the ice. And, you know, you always learn, you know, through winning. Um, you learn a lot um, about what it takes to win and, you know, how a team, team should be in order to succeed. And, I think you learn even more when you're losing and when you're going through a disaster. So I think this is the best time for, you know, for guys to step up, including myself. And, you know, I need to step up in order to to get everything back on track. Robert Thomas uh, on the opening drive with Randy Carricker, Kerry Davis, and Matt Rocchio here on 101 ESPN. So, Jr., in order for Craig Berube to say what he said, he has to feel confident in his standing. That's that's what I deduce from that uh you're not going after doug armstrong's new uh big contracts if you don't feel like you're in a good position 
Yeah, that's I what I. Yeah. What do you think? I agree, and we got to keep in mind that this isn't the first time necessarily that Craig Bruby's come out and said similar things. Sure. There's been a couple times this year, yeah, where he said uh, have to be better, and we'd bring up specific names, and he'd say not good enough. You know, I know a couple people this morning on social media are saying you should have pushed him harder, you should have asked him this, and the thing is, he's going to tell you what he's going to tell you. He's not going to get into a long list of names, but if you bring up names, that's when he'll say not good enough, and that's right. what he did last night. I mean, you look at. Uh, Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas, Braden Shen, one combined point, an assist by Cairo in the last four games. And it's not just the forwards. You look at the Justin Fox, the Colton Pareko's, the Nick Lettys. They haven't been good enough. What do you need when you trade off two of your biggest parts? You need those guys to step up and lead the way. Tim, watching that game last night, Tucker, Toropchenko, and of course Jordan Bennington, a little bit Buchnevich, they were the best players on the ice. The other guys aren't getting the job done. And and so we went in the locker room after the game last night. Let me give you a little context here. Is we picked the three names, the three players we want to talk to in the locker room. That's what it is, three players. And we gave the names Tucker, Toropchenko, and Bennington. The Blues are up 2-0 at that point. The game all of a sudden unravels. Now they lose 3-2. And we go down. I'm expecting the Blues to flip the names and put the veterans in the room and take away the young guys because typically they don't want young guys to talk in those situations. Mm-hmm. You walk in, there's Toropchenko. I think we asked him about, you know, a subtle question, just a basic question, and he just kept going and kept going and being critical. This isn't a beer league. you got to have some heart. And so when you ask about Berube's comments, we went into the room with Berube and said, hey, here's what Toropchenko said, and he said, he's right. And then he went into his spiel. So uh, just a little context there. No, that's very helpful. That's very helpful. Um, How rare is it for somebody in Toropchenko's spot, and by that I mean his role, his experience in the league, uh, to say the kind of things that he said? Yeah, so a second paragraph of my story last night, I'm sitting in the press box, I'm thinking, okay, what's what's the paragraph here? And I think this is rare. No, this is extremely rare. Like you added the word extremely into that sentence because... It just doesn't happen. I go back to, you know, keep this example short. Uh, I remember David Prawn, 19 years old, and I'm interviewing him, and he's on a line with uh, Doug Waite, and he said, we got to get Dougie going. And I'm like, this is a 19-year-old saying, got to get Dougie Waite going. Uh, but it just doesn't happen. And, and so uh, especially a guy, fourth-round draft pick, a guy playing on the fourth line, 23 years old, 73 games in the league, and literally you could have asked him last night, when's your birthday? And he would have said, we suck. We need more heart. We need to be better. What's going on? It was, it was amazing. Like I was stepping closer to him just to hear, you know, make sure I was hearing uh, the right thing there. Uh, and, I, and I loved your uh, one of your opening lines in your piece this morning about uh, the Torpchenko jerseys might be on back order. I've, I've seen people loving uh, in both TMA's text inbox and here on 101 ESPN, loving the fact that he said what he said. How do you think it will play with his peers in the room? I thought about that last night driving home, and here's my response to that. They can't say anything to him or think otherwise because that's what the situation is. Like, if, if you're going to go up to a guy like Torpchenko, and I'm not saying any of the guys would, but, hey, you stepped out of line there, you know, have some heart. Play better. Don't let the fourth line guy outplay you. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and if you want to talk to the media and you want to handle it, you be out in the locker room instead of 23-year-old Toropchenko telling it how it is. I thought it was refreshing. I thought it was great that Craig Bruby backed him up and said that he was right. And I don't think there should be any fallout, not that there will be, 
with Torpchenko with the way he handled it. Your thoughts are welcome. We welcome your questions. Jeremy Rutherford, kind enough to come into studio here uh, with uh, the Blues post game last night, really making more news than the Blues game, which for the record, they wound up losing after having a 2 nothing lead. 314-399-9646, the Air Comfort Service text line. We will uh, take your questions, your comments here on uh, Balloon Party driven by Munganass St. Louis Act here on 101 ESPN. Uh, here's a shot in the dark question. JR mentioned around the time of Armstrong's November appearance that there may have been some tension in the room over the contracts given to Cairo and Thomas. Later, we see the team park up when 91 was moved, then collapse when O'Reilly was moved. Is there any line of best fit to be drawn around how the team regards Armstrong and their play on the ice? I just think I go back to November and I think there was a situation in the room, and I don't know that it was a huge issue. I don't think that's why they got off to the to the bad start. But I know that with Jordan Cairo playing poorly early on, you know, nowhere to be seen in the defensive zone, there were a couple of veterans who talked to him and, and confronted him about it. Hey, we, we, we can't have lazy players. We need you. We yeah. need you. And also, you know, you're never going to get into a situation where you're having a cup of coffee with a veteran player and they're going to tell you, I don't like the fact that he got his, you know, eight times eight contract or Robert Thomas got that contract. You know, they're just not going to share that kind of information. But you hear it, you know, in different ways from other people that, yeah, there's a little bit of, in the room that these guys are a little upset. These guys got paid and they need to show it a little more. And and I think so that did create a little bit of tension early on. Um, and then you see what happens is the Blues have to end up moving people out like a Ryan O'Reilly because they've used that money on Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, and they need to step up and be mm-hmm. those types of guys. they got to take that role that they're taking over from a Ryan O'Reilly. So I do think if you put together a list of five things, Tim, this year that have been big problems with the Blues, that is definitely on the list. I, uh, I'm curious if you think last night could impact what takes place between now and March 3rd. In terms of? In terms of moves. Well, I think that what we see between now and March 3rd is is uh, Ivan Barbashev going for sure. I believe that they were interested in Timu Meyer. I don't know that they're going to be able to uh, complete that. I think that the offer of two first-round picks, they could be those late first-round picks mm-hmm. from Toronto and the New York Rangers. I don't think that's going to get it done. I think in the end, Meyer's probably going to go to Carolina or New Jersey, maybe Vegas. That's another team. Uh, and in terms of the Blues defensemen that we've been talking about, I also have heard it's pretty quiet on that front. And I think that if there is some reconstruction to do with the defense, my belief is that that's an off-season move. It seems pretty quiet on that front right now. So between now, does last night's games change anything? I don't think so. I think the Blues are stuck in a situation where they have who they have and any big moves aren't going to be able to complete be completed in the next week. There's still a lot of hockey to be lot, played. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Yeah. <laughs> well, Craig Bruby said it last night. I think one of the reporters, maybe Jim Thomas, said uh, it's going to be a long 24 games, and Craig Bruby said, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is his situation? What do, you, what do you think? I mean, whether it be his choosing or the organization's choosing, I mean, where is he still completely – protected or is this, is, is this starting to change did last night potentially change the dynamic with him and his team 
I don't think one thing's uh, going to change it one game. Uh, you look at uh, Doug Armstrong, he always Not talks the game, about... the game, but the comments. I mean, the yeah. comments, those are pretty damning comments. No, they are for sure. Uh, but I, I think, you know, are you... Okay, so are you saying, like, might change the relationship with the players? I just, I, yeah. I, I feel like last night is a is a moment that we won't necessarily forget. It doesn't yeah. mean, like, it's going to lead to them charging or lead to them trading, but that was a pretty significant thing, number one, because of Torpchenko, and then Torpchenko's comments leading to Barubi's comments and agreeing and really doubling down and as you said he just then he then away he went yeah you know does it make the guys feel good no does it make them come out tomorrow tonight or today at centene and, and work harder you know potentially we'll see i would think that after something like last night you'd probably see a better effort but you know it's basically all for naught because you're out of the playoffs now it's playing for pride it's playing for hey who's a leader on this team and who wants to be here next year so on and so forth and then with with regard to Bruby, you know, I'm not saying that you're asking about his uh, status, but first year of that three-year deal, I think Doug Armstrong solely points the finger at the players. Mm-hmm. We had that poll a couple weeks ago, the fans too, what, 60-some-odd percent uh, put the blame on the players. I just think it's a situation where they're going to have to get through the trade day deadline, trade an Ivan Barbashev, finish out the season with who you have, and, and just regroup. Like, And the, the work is going to have to come in the offseason – with Doug Armstrong on the phone. Uh, I got this question here. I don't think Thomas and Kairou's no trade clause is kicking until next year. Could Kairou be moved? Barubi obviously doesn't like his style of play. That's in the 314. Yeah, actually, those uh, no trades don't kick in until the player's 27. So uh, you're looking at, what, 25, 24 on those guys. So I think uh, it's, it's at least another year for Kairou. So, um, you know, Kairou's name has been speculated. You know, obviously that would be a massive move, a guy with an eight-year contract who's got a ton of potential, and and after agreeing to the deal, you're ready to move on from him. But I would think that any Kairou-type deal, there'd be some kind of really good player coming back the other way. Like if, if you're there's this big package and Chikrin's coming here, Kairou's going there, Pareko's going, you know, you could have a situation where there could be more involved. Uh, but I don't think that the Blues – are ready to give up on Cairo unless there's just something uh, greater coming back. So let me uh, finish it up with this one. Do you think it's more likely in the next week that it's just Barbashev and then off we go for the remaining 20-plus games, or would you give it a greater probability of a surprise of some kind? So I, I would say that uh, Barbashev, for sure. Uh, I would say that uh, Grace, maybe. I don't know that there's a market for him, but do you bring Hofer up and get him some games before next year? And then if you look at the rest of the roster, I mean, Saad's not going anywhere, but Buchnevich isn't going anywhere. You look back at D, I don't think they get the Pareko, uh, you know, anything moving in the next week. Uh, Krug's banged up. Like, there really aren't that many options. Like, which player would be a surprise other than one of those D or, or one of the forwards, which I don't think they're interested in trading. There it is. Jamie Rutherford's off to the Blues skate, 11.30 today, and then a matinee tilt with the Penguins tomorrow pregame at 1.30 here on 101 ESPN. Puck drop 2.30. JR, short notice appearance here on uh, Balloon Party. My goodness, you're a friend of the feather. Anytime, brother. I would not do it if it weren't that it's on the way to practice. I would not go out of Drop my way. Drop out of it now. <laughs> Drop out of that. That's not the way this was supposed to end. That was not. Thanks. It was supposed to just be, hey, I'm a huge fan of the show. I'm honored to be on. And then all of a sudden, now it happens to be on the way. I just ran in and got, got something to drink and walked down the hallway. Are you kidding? You're, I, I walked down uh, you know, the, the house, the hallway, uh, saying to my kids every day, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. Like, what are you saying, Dad? Yes, yes. Oh, they're huge. We, we play well to the eight-year-old demographic. That's what this show is made for. Uh, JR, thank you so much.
Seapills. <laughs> there he is, Jeremy Rutherford. The Little Piddle Six Shooter coming your way next. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungana, St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, balloon party. Driven by Munganass St. Louis Sack here at Tim McKernan. Action Jackson with you and uh, JR just with us for a very special appearance on the program, and he's headed out to the Blue Skate. And as I was saying to JR as he was leaving, I said, man, who would have thought that the skate at 11.30 on a Friday following a Blues loss to the Canucks in a season that is, barring a miracle, going to be ending uh, on the final day of the regular season, has this much attention on it. But yeah. this is uh, nice. this is going to be quite a day. Absolutely. So I'm, uh, I'll be monitoring that, and I would recommend you monitor it throughout the day here on 101 SPN because the comments from Torpchenko and Craig Berube certainly have St. Louis talking. Also, what has St. Louis talking? Kaka, kaka. Last night in Seattle, yet again, down late, the Battle Hawks come back and beat the Sea Dragons, Dragons. at Lumen Field. And the Battle Hawks are 2-0. and uh, You have some A.J. McCarron. This A.J. McCarron, uh, people are uh, really getting on board with uh, him and his personality. Very, Absolutely. Uh, very down to earth. And you guys had a short week with limited practice to prepare. What were the challenges in-game that you had to adjust to because of that? Timing. I mean, we did nothing but walkthroughs. So, and, and it's always tough. You know, guys banged up, injuries, and then coming back, bouncing back that quick to play. But, uh, you know, this feels good, right? Uh, St. Louis, 2-0, baby, let's go! Jackson, this city is going Battlehawks crazy. It's... Again, I did not think that was going to happen. Now, had they not come back in either <laughs> one of the games, I think it's, I think it's, God, the interest level is reduced by 75%. Yeah. But... Because they have won the two games with the way that they have, I think Sunday was even bigger, yeah. uh, that people can't wait for the game in the 12th against Arlington. And I'm telling you, I was looking at tickets this morning during TMA. Somebody sent in a screenshot of one of the secondary markets, and they are in a spot where you can't get in the building for less than 90 bucks in the lower bowl. Now, I think they might look at opening up the upper bowl. I see there are tweets regarding the Battlehawks this morning that they are opening up tickets for season tickets. 300-level season ticket memberships are now available starting at $40 per seat per game. Due to overwhelming fan demand 39 minutes ago, right when Balloon Party started. Right. That's because we make the news. Bingo. Due to overwhelming fan demand, Battlehawk season ticket memberships are now available in the 300 level at the Dome in St. Louis. Unbelievable. I don't know if the Rams could have said that in 2014. They could not. I was there. <laughs> I said it before. It was a Southwest flight. You buy a ticket and you sit where you want. 
It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. Great but, to the, see. but the fact that they're winning the way that they're winning, and you have a quarterback who has some name recognition and who played, and I don't know if you saw the Rocks tweet this morning. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that, that uh, Dwayne Johnson tweeted following the game regarding uh, A.J. McCarron uh, that, you know, here's a guy who could have played in the NFL, but chose to come back mm-hmm. and play in the XFL. I yep. want to read it to, uh, he said, a man, I love everything about this. Can't ever count guys like AJ out. They play for something deeper. I root for and say thank you to AJ McCarron and all of our XFL players. Hashtag Caw Nation. Love it. Love it. That's awesome. That's so great. And AJ McCarron, you know, a guy who was a, a backup in the NFL, uh, obviously a great player at Alabama, but to see him and how thankful he is to to play again, uh, like be a starter again for a team that's, you know, it's a fun new experience. You can tell that like he really has a deep connection to it. He just loves the game of football. He does it in front of his family and he's someone who's really easy to root for. So I, I, my thing with the Battle Hawks, oh, it's not really about the game or the team. It's just about it's football and people are just going to go get lit up and, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, that's still certainly going to happen. But now it's just, it's, it's taken, I don't want to say it's taken over the St. Louis sports scene, but considering that the Blues are in the spot they're in and their post games getting more attention than their in game. Right. And the dogs don't take the field for a week in St. Louis. Right, they open right. up this weekend, but in St. Louis, they, they're getting some attention. It's awesome to see. And I just, I mean, you know. Sometimes you see things coming, sometimes you don't. And in 2020, I did not see it coming. And then once it happened, I'm like, this is incredible. This is what I wish was happening when the Rams were here. That kind of atmosphere. You know, the knitting club in the lower bowl not being (laughs) present. And I would imagine on the 12th of March, it's going to be crazy. I mean, you're going to have a couple of events here in St. Louis with the opening of STL City and the Dogs. Mm -hmm. And then a week later, um, the Battle Hawks that people are fired up for that have nothing to do with the Blues or Cardinals. It's awesome. It's super, super awesome. You love to see it. And no matter what the team is, the sport, to see people rally around uh, for a city, you know, for the sports market and rally around is just great to see because this city is a sports city, always has been and always will be. Uh, from the 314, Whipping Boy. I believe that's your that, – are you, are you Whipping Boy? Well, you know uh, – just deducing there, yeah. Was a hater yesterday. Don't give him mic time. That's in the three one four. I think. Would I, you like to address? Yeah, I would because that's totally misrepresenting what I say. Because I'm not as interested doesn't mean that I don't root for them and hope that they do well. And I'm really happy to see the the city rally around them. Same way with the Blues. You know, I don't necessarily watch every Blues game, but I want them to win and I want them to be successful. So you can have both. It's not mutually exclusive. So. I disagree wholeheartedly. Uh, 314, the action is now back on you, and you can leave a mic drop if you would like. Uh, Tim, why do you call them the dogs? It's kind of like the balloon party thing. Yeah, it is. Uh, when uh, they announced the franchise team, you know, the teams uh, over in the EPL have uh, nicknames. Yeah, they have fan-given, supporter, I should say, given nicknames. Yes, and so uh, Doug Vaughn on TMA said, well, then STL City needs a nickname, and he goes, I'd just like something simple. Because when these expansion teams come along, they always come up with Kraken. Yeah, things like that. Oftentimes, they will not have S's on the end, yep. such as, as you just cited, the Kraken. Kraken. Uh, back in the 80s, I think, is when this kind of started to appear. Miami Heat. Miami Heat. Yeah. 
So he goes, I just like something simple, like the dogs or something. I go, you know what? I don't think there are any dogs out there. And not just not just like dogs. Dog. I mean, the Cleveland Browns, the dogs, dogs. the dog pound. But he goes, so like the St. Louis dogs. And then we uh, put some hats together and we sold them out in... And, it's, and it looks like when when Clark W. Griswold is connecting the lights in frustration <laughs> in Christmas vacation, yep. that Chicago Bears hat, that's what the right. hat looks like. Right. And we sold them out in a day. Continue to sell. I mean, we still the sell Louis them. St. Louis Dog, yeah. com. if you're interested. It's just a navy hat with St. Louis and then dogs. Yeah. It, except the writing isn't in city red. It's in red. Because there's a heated discussion as to whether or not it's red or pink. Right. Where do you come in on that? It's city red. You got high pitch there, so I'm going to go ahead and three bet you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, 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 I enjoyed 2020, didn't see 2020 coming. I would have bet all day long that this would not have taken in 2023, mainly because they're just not present in St. Louis like they were. Doesn't matter. And we discussed it a little bit yesterday. For a lot of St. Louisans, it's just it's a it's our own team. Right. That's what it's about. Right. And I do think, and I kind of feel it a little bit too. That it's like, yeah, you say we're a bad football market. This is, this is if we're going to just be direct, it's minor league football. I don't know how you can call it anything else. If that offends you, my God. Uh, and they're having to open up the upper level of the dome in March, too, when the weather starts getting decent. It'd be one thing if this is like the winter of discontent in late December. But this is mid-March, and they're going to open up the, the upper bowl for minor league football? And you're going to have Stan Kroenke in the NFL. Well, it's just not a good football market. Right. You know, exactly. F off. You know, so th- I think that's something that motivates people. And then you know that building's going to be going bat crap when the dogs take the field next Sunday. So I think I think St. Louisans take pride in being a great sports market, and there's something to that. So God bless. God bless these United States of America, actually, is what I've just decided to say. It's time for the Little Pills Six Shooter, and that's how we're going to wrap up Balloon Party for this week. This is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, 101 ESPN. This is the Munganess, St. Louis Acura Balloon Party with uh, only eight minutes for the Lil Piddle Six Shooter. Plenty of time. All right, let's do it. Let's get after it. So they released a bunch of the uh, over-unders for uh, individual player props for the MLB okay. this season. And so I wanted to go with the uh, two big hitters right. for your St. Louis baseball Cardinals. Nolan Arenado's home run total has been set at 28 and a half. I think he goes over that. Over. I agree. I think Arenado's stroke is... There was times last year where he looked like any pitch he swung at was going to be gone. So Sick talent, ridiculous work ethic. Combine that with a man on a mission. Over. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Goldie... Sits at 29 and a half. Uh, puts me to the test. God, that puts me to the test. It's a good number. What was his total last year? Do you know it? I don't. That number, that, it I want to look it up over the weekend, and I'll give people that number right, on we'll Monday. Tease it from Monday. 10.05. I'm going to go over. I know it sounds very Homer thing. I think people know I'm not a Homer. I'm just telling you what I think. I, that's what I think. I'm going over. I'm going to go under on it. I'm just... It might be like a cold weather thing, but last year in the playoffs, he looked just no good. He hit uh, 35 last season. Okay. Uh, he just is something about the cold weather, I think, and he always heats up middle of the season. But 
if I had to say, I'd say this would be like one of the few years where he has a little less. I'm still thinking he's going to be really effective. I just don't know if 29 and a half is going to be his number. There you go. Uh, so this question, I wrote this before the Blues game. Obviously, a lot has happened since then, but I think the, the question's still decent. How do you anticipate the Blues attacking this offseason? Do you think they'll look for pieces to add to speed up or temper the rebuild, or do you think that they can get rid of Pareko? Could you see them packaging a deal together with picks to get a superstar? I just think, and maybe I'm off the mark, and this is why I asked JR this question. I said, hey, let me ask you a question, and let's be honest. It's just me and you right now because I know Jackson's watching the Sixers come back on his phone. Gets the Grizzlies 10 points down. Great, great game. 33% winning percentage when they're down 10 points this year. What do you think about that? It's a Shout out Joel Embiid. Um, do you think it's going to be just Barbashev and that's it between now and next Friday? Or do you think uh, it could be a surprise? Nah. And he thinks it's just going to be more likely to be uh, Barbashev and that's it. If you would give me... Four to one, where I'm getting something for for my time, not even money, but four to one on something big happening between now and next Friday with the Blues. I would throw down my cash. I just, I think, I think last night's game was, and and I don't know who is in the room to quote fix that to mm-hmm. put the not band aid but tourniquet on that. I just, I don't know. I just think that we might have a surprise over the next week. So if that happens, all bets are off. Yeah, agree with that. All right, um, coming up next. So we got a lot of great young St. Louis athletes dominating their sports. Obviously, Jason Tatum in the NBA, Matthew Kachuk and his brother are dominating the NHL. Me and golf. Tim and golf, of course. It's honestly upsetting that I forgot that. Yeah, um, it was weird. I felt like it was passive-aggressive. This is a broad question here. Who do you think is the greatest athlete to ever come out of St. Louis? <sighs> This is one of those questions where there's, there's an obvious answer, and all due respect, the olds will be raging when I don't give the obvious answer. Right. One that always pops up is JoJo White. Yep. He's, oh man. That's a that's a go-to. So I feel like I might have checked the box and reduced some of the. Um, God, I don't know. I mean, when it's all said and done, Jason Tatum might be live when it's all said and done. That was my. That's my answer. Oh, already? You're you're already saying that already? No. When they, when he finishes oh, okay. his career, he's progressed every single season. He be. I think he's going to be a multiple multiple time champion, a multiple time MVP, maybe one or two MVPs. But I think he will be the best singles athlete of all time once he hangs it up. And and by the way, and this is actually me without Jackson bringing up the NBA, I mean, you really could have Michael Porter Jr. against Jason Tatum in the NBA Finals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're both the number one seeds in their respective conferences. Fun facts for no and tell. And then, of course, Missouri winning the national championship in Houston. So what a big couple months for you. I I could die right after that. Um, With the PGA of America giving the green light, all four major golf championships will allow live golfers to play. Do you see this as a big win for live? Do you think this will increase the likelihood of the two coexisting? Are you looking forward to all the drama? Uh, I couldn't be more excited about the Masters already, and then this adds to it. Right. I think it's a temporary win for Liv because the antitrust suit is what really right. is going to determine things, and so this is just them going, okay, we're, we don't have to make the decision. The, the courts will. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't I, I have as much as I love the game of golf and do watch it and I had the Honda Classic up yesterday <laughs> and I might have been the only person in the world who was monitoring it for real yeah. I mean I don't know who those people are out there I, I saw it on TV yesterday I said there's no possible chance I'm gonna turn this I mean on. when I went to that in 2018 it was Tiger Woods Rory McIlroy Justin Thomas won it Ricky Fowler is a defending champion that feels just dreadful my point on the whole thing is I love the game and I haven't watched a split second of live you know I just it you know, hey, Dustin Johnson's having a big year. Is he? I mean, he beat Chase Kepka. Right, exactly. He, you know, I mean, it's just tough to really get a gauge on what these guys are doing. So I don't get worked up about the live thing. I do find it to be, and good for them. God bless them. Go make your money. Uh, but uh, when they're all on the golf course and the range and the champion's dinner yes. at Augusta here in a month and a half. Oh, yeah. Same way. I'm the same Can't way. wait. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we're running out of time because that's what we do on this show. And that's your fault, as uh-huh. you know. Oh, that's on me. Uh, do we have anything else? Because I feel like I've only answered four, and I know this is called the six-shooter. Five. I split up the Arenado and Goldschmidt. Oh, all right. Separate. Fair enough. Uh, oh, that was kind of petty. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> some things, some other things. Um, the question is, as always is, the last question is six-year. Your favorite bet for the weekend. Sure. I'll be happy to give this to the audience because you can get some value on it. Chris Kirk is going to win the Honda Classic. Nice. Let me know if you need anything else. But uh, he's plus 325 to win right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, hey, I don't I don't know what everybody bets. Uh, I know what you can bet and what I can bet are two different things because Correct. of the Ladue thing mm-hmm. with me, 63109. But uh, whatever your uh, standard bet size is, I would 10x it and then put it on Chris Kirk, and then you're going to get uh, 32.5x ROI and just go out and pop bottles, <laughs> pop bottles <laughs> on Sunday night. <laughs> Did I do it right? <laughs> Yours somehow is lower pitched than mine. I got a throat thing going on. Oh, all right. Is that over the Missouri-Auburn game still? <laughs> I, or the Mississippi State game. I was doing some screaming. But yeah. uh, regardless, uh, Kawhi Leonard over six and a half rebounds tonight. Oh, wow. I actually will bet your stupid-ass NBA prop bets. And I think you, that reminds me, I owe you $20 for the Cardinal thing. Oh, yeah. Spring training has started. Yeah. Crap. I'm a man of honor, though. <laughs> I'll are. send it over. Uh, all right, there it is. Uh, BK and Ferrari are up next. This Blues discussion, I'm sure, is going to go on throughout the course yeah. of the day. Plus, the Battle Hawks are 2-0. and A.J. McCarron's screaming at us. Uh, listen more throughout the day for updates. As I imagine there's going to be more uh, coming up. And if you want to podcast the program, Dobbs Tyron Auto Center Podcast. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, presented by Munganass St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.